You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Prenke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie, welcome to the Rebellion. Hello, and welcome back to the Rebels podcast this is our 13th episode of season two uh for the episode legend of the lasat uh i am one of your hosts michael cohen and with me as always my faithful co-pilot matt the crankster cranky hey hey he's back, back. hey he's back uh last week we had uh martin on mike yep. and uh, he had a great time i know you were moving into the new crib yep. It's about you're you're almost there. We were just talking a minute ago. You're almost there. You almost got everything up yeah. and running. But it's good to have you back. Yeah, I'm, it's good to have I'm you back. I'm recording on a temporary setup right now. There might be a little more echo than you guys are used to on my end, because um, there's nothing up on the walls, so sound tends to bounce when there's no, you know, like when you put up like like picture frames and bookshelves and stuff like that. Yeah. It tends to eat a bit more of the sound you get you get better sound quality but it's a it's a bigger room than my previous office um so it's gonna it's gonna echo a little bit until i get everything set up but um (laughs) but yeah we're uh we're 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 getting comfy and cozy here it's uh it's gonna be really cool when it's all done because we'll have uh, a i'm actually sitting on a couch that's in the office um so that we can do like the live when we do like live streams and stuff like that. I'm not sitting at my desk. I have a little bit more of an interesting oh, backdrop. Yeah. So going like uh, a little bit more, more of the, the pro YouTube route. So there will be like a cool background behind me with some action figures and posters and stuff like that. Nice. So, uh, nice. so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good. It, it'll be, it'll be great when everything's set up. But in the meantime, it's just getting to that point. Yeah, moving is. Yeah. I mean, shoot, I'm sure all of us have have dealt with that. And it's although it's super fun to go into a new place, yeah. um, just the whole part of the unpacking. And but it'll be worth it, obviously, when you get done. Yeah. Um, yeah so let's go into some news, yeah, man. We got it. some news before we uh, before we get to the recap here. Uh, I think the first thing I wanted to jump off with is this is a, a kind of a spoilerish type of. Um, news story i don't even know it's news let me just say it's spoilerish so if you don't want to know anything about rebels mm-hmm. um just kind of click forward a couple minutes but this came out of making star wars 
.net, I believe, is the site, and they reported this last week. And again, this is just like speculation, but these guys have had a lot of insight, at least this website, into things that have gone on in all of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So when they when they put something out, I tend to like pay a little more attention to it, even though it is not confirmed yet. But it looks like they are reporting that Thrawn, yes, Grand Admiral Thrawn, could be coming in season three, Mike, and, and this is one of those things where, you know, we know we have this new story group and, and Legends is out there now, you know, all that stuff we've seen before, yeah. all the EU is on Legends, but they're able to pull from it, from the things they like. And Thrawn, to most people, um, which we saw first in Hair of the Empire series, is one of those characters that seemed like everybody seemed to love. I know you didn't really think that Hair of the, the Jedi, um, Hair of the Empire series was that great, but this character seems to be a fan favorite, and yeah. it looks like they may be bringing him back in season three. Holy crap. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty jazzed about that. I thought he was a really cool character. I, th I think he has a great look, and if they keep the same look that he had in the EU. Uh, what do you think about this? <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think everybody else is real excited. <laughs> um, Except for you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I it, it, this is the thing. I don't... Um, I'm not a fan of Thrawn. I'm not a fan of the of the the heir to the Empire trilogy. Um, mm. I I I think that Timothy Zahn, I uh, he's a he's he's a bit of a lazy writer when it comes to his villains. Um, Mara Jade is just Luke Skywalker, but a woman and better in every way. I uh, like mm. kind of with a little bit of Han Solo thrown in there. Um, which is a like she she becomes a much more fleshed out character as the expanded universe grows and she gets more opportunity to um I, I, to exist alongside the other characters like they she ends up being a, a fantastic character and one of my favorite expanded universe characters but only by virtue of all the other authors that get their hands on her i the the thing with Thrawn is that like he only exists within that trilogy, right? So, right. Um, and my problem with him has always been that there's no there's no um, art to the way that the character is written. He knows everything that's going to happen before it happens, and the only explanation we're given is that he plays some version of chess in the Star Wars universe mm -hmm. um and right. and he's able to to plan his moves four or five moves ahead so that analogy is supposed to somehow explain how he knows what luke skywalker is gonna do even though he's never met luke skywalker he doesn't really know the character of luke skywalker and yet like he's predicting you know this is what all of these other people are going to do this is how they're going to react to things and it's like you like he doesn't really I, I, I it's fine for a character to be super knowledgeable and to um to predict what's going to happen like it's no different than what the emperor does right but the emperor mm -hmm. has the benefit of using the force to both foresee and manipulate the outcome of events right so when the emperor does it, they go to lengths to uh, explain and justify how he's able to do that. In the Thrawn trilogy, there's no there's no explanation for it other than the fact that well he's the greatest strategist that the empire has ever known. So he's mm -hmm. his strategies are just always flawless. So that that's why everybody loves him. In my experience, I don't know other people might have 
Like some people might have have uh, uh, more specific reasons than that, but from my experience talking to Star Wars fans, the majority of them love him because he's the uh, he's like a master strategist. Blah blah blah. It's it's right. Um, and to me, it's like he, he never really has a strategy. And, it, you know, I've only really read the first book. Um, I, I know the story of the rest of it because I've read through the, mm-hmm. the essential chronology. So I know what happens in the rest of it. I have, But I've only read Heir to the Empire. Um, but in Heir to the Empire, he just always rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but I, I, the one thing I will say is that is that Thrawn is allowed to exist, um, and especially he's allowed to come to Rebels as long as one other piece of his legacy is intact, and that's uh, that's uh, Admiral Pelion, mm-hmm. uh, who's my favorite expanded universe character. Um, Admiral, what you say? Admiral Pelion, who when oh, okay, when yeah, yeah. Thrawn dies, uh, Pelion's the one who becomes Grand Admiral. And mm-hmm. in the expanded universe, he's the one who is basically instrumental in in brokering peace between the the Imperial Remnant and the New Republic. So, like, in order to fight the Yuuzhan Vong, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, like, he's just I, I've just always loved his character because he's very skeptical of Thrawn as well. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I always kind of like <laughs> in that in that book. In Heir to the Empire, I kind of vibed with him the most, and then, uh, and then in later books, in 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 the New Jedi Order series, he has some really great moments as as a commander and a strategist, where he actually uses strategy and he actually he's a leader and um, and he rallies the Empire uh, uh, in in the battle against the Yuuzhan Vong and ends up being really integral in a lot of battles during the New Jedi mm. Order. So so. I'll say I'm okay with Thrawn showing up so long as Peleon is with him um, and, uh, and and makes an appearance as well. I, whenever I make a, 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 a Star Wars character for like a role-playing game, uh, mm-hmm. Peleon's always the last name that I choose. That's, <laughs> I always connect it to that character. So Yeah, so... I, I kind of I understand what you're saying and and like I read the books and that was a long time ago and I really have no like this was that's why I wanted to to do this story because it wasn't like something big to me like a Vader coming back or something like that it's like it's Thrawn uh, I know of the character I don't know much much about him mm-hmm. um, and I'm not super excited but I'm like okay well it's, it's fine whatever yeah um, but his his dealing I guess the the reporting on is he's like you said earlier he's just a tactical genius yeah. uh, of of warfare and they might bring that somehow into the rebels and and seeing as how like Callus and them have not been able to capture the ghost yeah. and the crew maybe he's you know hey they're going to bring in this tactical genius who's who's great at things yeah. and and he can maybe capture the ghost so that's kind of yeah. what they're and, they're throwing it out and there and that's fine and like if he's gonna come in and be a tactical genius that's fine i just want when they write that tactical genius i want i want him to explain how he knows when something's gonna happen mm-hmm. i don't want right. i don't want it explained away that he's a tactical genius therefore he knows they're gonna come out of hyperspace over here Right. And right. or he knows that, you know, when they retreat, they're going to retreat to this planet. And it's like, well, how could you have known that they could retreat to any planet? Right. 
Um, mm-hmm. Or you know, like oh, if we if we if we take out this ship, then they're gonna send in blah blah blah. It's like that's fine, but just like explain to me why he would know that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, right. I, and and it doesn't have to be a lot. There just has to be something. You can't just say like, well, he's Grand Admiral Thrawn. That's like, um, it's the problem that a lot of people have with Superman as a character. And when he's poorly written, it's the same deal, right? Where it's like, uh, Superman just punches harder than he's ever punched before, and that's how he saves the day, right? And yeah, like, that's right. not, that's not really a way to write a character. That's that's just lazy writing. So. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I, if they bring him in, uh, I'm cool with that. I just want him to, uh, I guess, I guess really what it comes down to is I want him to, to, uh, not cheapen, um, the other characters by virtue of the fact that he's just supposed to be better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if, if yeah. he's going to be better then then we need to know why. Yeah, exactly. Like there has to be. There has to be a justification for it, right? There has to be yeah. there has to be a plot reason. There has to be, um, and it has to be dealt with within the story. It can't just be this this separate thing. But I, the, I'll, I'll just say to to finish off, um, I do uh, lend a lot of credence to this to this rumor because um, Agent Callus was actually originally supposed to be Chiss. Um, Ah, uh, okay. it, it, either Chiss or Pantoran. I can't. I, I don't remember. But if you go back, and I think you probably find it on StarWars.com, but there's some early concept art of of Agent Callus, and that concept art has him uh, with the blue skin uh, and and dark hair. Um, and I believe, like it, it, it's my opinion that that's why David Oyelowo was cast. Uh-huh. Um for that character and then they decided at some point somebody decided okay no we we can't make him a chiss because then you know like what if we want to bring thrawn in at some point that's gonna Mm -hmm. that would then it would cheapen that character's reveal if you've got this other chiss you know that's uh that's constantly getting (laughs) defeated by the rebels so let's just make him a human and so they didn't really change the way that his character looked other than his skin tone and that's why, um, <clears throat> and I and I do I think that it was a conscious decision of okay we've got this awesome voice actor and there's nothing wrong with the voice performance that we've recorded, but obviously mm-hmm. uh, David Oyelowo is is black <laughs> he's uh, he's of African de- descent um, mm-hmm. but he's from the UK, uh, right. and Callus is obviously white, <laughs> very white in fact white he's kind of like blonde. <laughs> He might even be, depending on kind of the way that you look at it, a little bit, a little bit ginger, right? A little bit red haired. So, yeah. um, very white. Uh, and I, and like, to me, that's, that's why that happened is, is they, they kind of were developing him as this other character. And then if you look at, if you look at the original trilogy, uh, it's just a bunch of white British dudes in the empire, mm. right? There are no... There are no people of color, and that's something that, like, obviously has changed in, in the first order, but in the Empire that wasn't the case. There, there's a very clear, um, I, and I would say like it was a clear stylistic choice by, by 
George Lucas that they be because they were supposed to be like the Nazis, right? So right. everybody basically looked the same. Like it was a right. it was a bunch of uh, I, uh, militant white dudes uh, that that were trying to take over the galaxy, and I think that that George Lucas was trying to make a point with that. Um, so I understand, like you, you kind of see why they end up going like, okay, well, let's make him a white guy because it would be a little bit weird to have just this one random, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sort of face character. Because I, I don't know, it's it's weird because then you end up seeing, um, um, oh, what's the kid, Leonis, Zare Leonis, yeah, uh, is obviously black, but but he's training to be a stormtrooper or whatever, right? But right. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird, but there's there's kind of there's rules about some of this stuff. You know what I mean? As part of it feels like at this point, it just feels like almost like a fan service thing. Like, hey, here's here's Thrawn. At this point, we don't yeah. know if he's going to have any, like you said, any real impact into the universe yet. It's just like, hey, let's throw Thrawn in there. Everybody loves seems to love him, well, and it'd be kind of a yeah. cool callback. And like, oh, okay, whatever. I could, I could yeah. see him being the, uh, a formidable opponent for season three. Um, mm-hmm. I, that, I guess, I guess that's, that's the last thing I'll say on it is if they're going to bring him in, it better not be for one episode. If they're going to bring mm-hmm. somebody like Grand Admiral Thrawn in, he better be like, he better be there for the entire season. Right. Cause I think yeah. at the, by the end of this season, we'll have dealt with, uh, these inquisitors that, that we're dealing with right now. Right the the mm-hmm. the two and the eventual third one um i think we'll have dealt with vader and vader will will um he'll he'll pull back i think by the end of this season um depending on what happens with ahsoka uh, right and uh and and they'll bring in thrawn i it, like i i think more than likely what will end up happening is vader will end up failing and his failure will will basically um, prompt Palpatine to to say, okay, you you're clearly too emotionally involved with with these rebels uh, right. with Ahsoka there. So I'm gonna bring in a specialist sort of thing, and and he'll mm-hmm. bring in Thrawn to to deal with it. So like if that if that's if he is in fact coming, I think that'll be what happens. Um, there's also the rumors too about Rogue One and and Benicio del Toro. You know, he was rumored to be playing Thrawn, and so I mean, yeah. Thrawn's not only you know being rumored to be in Rebels, but in Rogue One too. Um, but you know, who knows? It's like I said, it's a bunch of a bunch of uh, speculation yeah. at this point. And, he, and that article also mentioned um, some other stuff about season three, about Ezra, about him changing like his style and possibly getting a new lightsaber. So couple other tidbits of season three but again this is all just coming out of, again like i said coming out of that website but they have been known to break a bunch of stuff so we'll see how how that turns out mike we had me and uh, martin talked about this and i wanted to get your take on it real quick um one of the upcoming episodes coming at the end of february is called the honorable ones and uh the description says that um zeb and agent callus they find themselves on this planet yeah and they have to kind of work together and we talked about it's like wow you know could this is crazy because here is Zeb and Callus that, you know, obviously Zeb hates Callus. He wants him dead. He's the one he, he was responsible for his what he at the at the time he thought yeah. 
you know, was the decimation of his people. And now they're, they're going to be, they're going to have to work together. And we had speculated like, Hey, could this, could this be like a turning point for Kallus? You know, would they go there? I mean, it's, it's possibility. I don't know, but I mean, what do you think? You think it's a possibility that he at some point could maybe turn favor um, and become a spy or something? Or you think he's just not that type? I don't know. I, I, it's tough, huh? yeah, I don't necessarily I see it, but I can yeah. see, I can see how they might end up doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean like this is a, it's a, the, it's a classic TV trope, right? Of yeah. The, right. Of the arch enemies who get, uh, deserted somewhere and, uh, and, and have to work together to survive. Um, right. and, and just forge survive, an alliance, yeah. a temporary alliance, and then end up learning something about each other and humanizing uh, one another in the process, right? So the the next battle ends up being um, either more difficult or more meaningful, right? So mm-hmm. right, uh, right. I do I, I think it'll be interesting because I think we'll get even more backstory on what happened to the Lasat. Um, and, and what happened on Lasan? They, they kind of skirt around it in, in, in like, uh, sorry, Legends of the Lasat. But, um, I think in that episode, we'll find out exactly what happened and how it influenced, yeah. um, how it influenced a lot of, of what Zeb, uh, his behavior, how he feels. Um, right and how he behaves uh, uh, on the show currently and it'll it i think by in retrospect it will justify a lot of his behavior in this episode in legends right. of the Sot. so uh, i'm really looking forward to it it's probably one of the episodes that i'm looking forward to the most it, it'll be mm-hmm. a good um uh kind of a bottle episode uh with just two characters in one place um <clears throat> and i think it'll help develop those those two characters but it, it, the interesting thing about about Callus is that you know he is at the moment he's just evil, right? Like we right. Do, we don't know why he's why he is the way he is, and and there's a good chance that we'll end up seeing mm-hmm. a little bit more about why he is so determined to to deal with these rebels, right? Like what's what's his backstory? What brought him to the Empire? Why? Mm-hmm. Why is he so hardcore about this sort of thing? So yeah, yeah, I know it's it's yeah, it's just one of those teases out there, and I love how they do that, where it's like, hey, you never know. I'm, but um, right, like you said, right now he's just pure. It seems like he's just pure evil. So yeah. Uh, before we get to the recap, though, you wanted to mention uh, some uh, Star Wars gaming, huh? Yeah, I they they just revealed this week uh, that um, Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Uh, is is coming in June, which is a little bit. I mean, like that's not very far away. Um, no, oh. that's a that's a really short uh, uh, release schedule um, that they've that they've put in front of us. Um, it looks really cool. the The teaser trailer that we've gotten looks like the Lego Movie quality, but mm-hmm. with Star <clears throat> Wars characters um, and and. Uh, it basically remakes the original teaser trailer, but with a bunch of Lego gags in there. <laughs> and it's it's yeah. it's a really really good trailer. Um, I'm really hoping that the game lo- actually looks close to that good, uh, or at least that like the the 
cutscenes or whatever look that good. The the important part about this that is kind of being underplayed and and most people aren't talking about it because I don't think that most people have have really taken note of it is the fact that um, it's not just the story of The Force Awakens. It it will also cover some of the time in between episode 6 and episode 7. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's there's actually for the I think for the first time ever um, new I'm not going to say canon because it's obviously it's a Lego game so it's going to be pretty silly but um, I'll say canon related story content in a Lego game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I believe that the Lego Star Wars 3 The Clone Wars had its own storyline but I think it also went through some of the episodes of the show. I never actually played it. Um, it's one of those ones that I've always kind of meant to go back and get. Um, but uh, that, I mean that was the last... I believe that was the last Lego Star Wars game. Um, but Lego Star Wars has always been sort of their biggest seller, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it, Lego Star Wars. Star Wars was the first uh, licensed brand <clears throat> that they that they brought uh, out in, uh, in I want to say, like, 98, 99, just before episode one. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say '98 because that mm-hmm. first those first few sets were like the X-wing, Tie Fighter, Luke's Land Speeder. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else, and I think maybe the Y-wing, yeah, and the Y-wing, and th- those were the original sets, and then they ended up coming out with the Episode One sets and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. in '98, that was like the first like so that predates like the Harry Potter Lego and now we've got all the Marvel stuff, all the DC stuff. We've had Ninja Turtles. We've had basically licensed for everything. And like even, <laughs> yeah. even the Lone Ranger got Lego sets. Gee, um, what? <laughs> yeah. That terrible, terrible Lone Ranger movie that Disney did. And yet John Carter never did, which will always be a tragedy. Um, but the reason why it didn't is because they wanted that movie to tank. Because if they would have put Lego sets out and gotten kids excited, like there were no toys, no Lego sets. No, it was nothing. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and that 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 movie was perfect for Lego. Oh my god, it would have been awesome. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was their like that was their first licensed property, um, and now obviously Lego is the majority of the sets that they put out are actually licensed property sets, um, and uh, and that's kind of led to. Like the Star Wars Lego as a brand eventually led to the Star Wars Lego video game, which was the first of the the Lego video games by uh, Traveler's Tales, uh, which had, which is now TT Games, um, that that everybody knows and loves. I mean, like I'm playing Marvel's uh, Lego Marvel's Avengers right now, which just came out, and. It's ba- it basically goes through all of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, but with that Lego twist to it, and it's awesome because it's everything you love about whatever franchise it is, and then they put that Lego twist on it, right? Right. So, um, I'm really excited about the Force Awakens. Uh, we don't have a lot of details yet. There are two versions of the game. Um, one is just sort of your regular standard edition. And then the other one is the deluxe edition, which is only like $10 more, 
which I believe comes with like the the season pass content as well as an exclusive uh, FN two one eight seven. Yeah, uh, which is like Finn in his stormtrooper gear with the helmet off, um, as well as some other exclusive stuff. Uh, especially if you down if you if you pre order it digitally on the PS four, I know you get uh, a special um, uh, theme. Right. like background for your PlayStation 4. So um so yeah, like I'm I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited just for the fact that it's The Force Awakens Lego and that it's a Star Wars Lego game which we haven't gotten in a while. Um but also because it has some original content, some some story stuff that we have not seen yet. So um, Yeah. That's it's, yeah. it's really cool that they're doing that in a Lego game. <clears throat> for sure. I I think one of the things about uh I think all those Lego games, all the Star Wars ones and other ones you talked about, I mean, they're just fun games. I know my kids love to play those. Uh, and it just seems like they always do a very good job yeah. with those Lego games. It seems like everybody loves those things. So uh, no matter what you feel about Battlefront and all that, it seems like the Lego, they're, uh, everybody seems to love those. So I'm looking forward to that, too. I'm sure my kids will be all over that as well. Um, but other than that, good stuff, man. You ready to kick it off in the recap? Yeah, let's do it. All right. To defeat your enemy, you have to understand them. Everywhere we go, we run into those guys. He's sending us reinforcements. Sham Sindona, at your service. You're a princess. I feel like because I can fight, I have to. The Jedi are growing in their power. My gut tells me this is a trap. Is it wrong for me to fight? Growing your abilities are. You should have seen him in person. He was my master. The dark side, it pulls at him. Call me Old Master. Hang on! I hate it when she says that. Ezra, don't! Ahsoka, why did you leave? Here we go with Legends of the Lasat. The ghost arrives at an outpost, and as they disembark, Hera tells Ezra that she's proud he's taking a lead on this rescue mission. But where did he get the lead on these refugees? The Padawan doesn't quite say, but the team watches as Imperials move them out of the cargo container, revealing the refugees to be Lasat. Zeb, who long thought him, he himself was the last of his kind, is shocked. Zeb springs into action, bashing bucket heads while Ezra blasts the commander with his saber gun. So, Mike, we open up on this uh, cold water or cold, cold water, cold weather planet. Mm -hmm. um, again, an ice planet. We've seen a lot of these and more coming up. And I, I'm not sure of the, I don't think we ever got a name of the planet or anything. Not that it, it obviously didn't make much difference in this particular episode. And Ezra is leading this group, and we know he had a connection with Hondo uh, from previous episodes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at first I was kind of confused as to, like, as far as the planet and the whole setup here, like, is this an Empire-controlled planet or is this a free planet? But obviously it couldn't be because the ghost was able to land without yeah. any problem. It just looks like, from what I can tell, that Hondo had this, had these guys and he calls the Empire, and we'll talk about this in a second. Uh, he calls the Empire and says, hey, I got a couple of... Uh, 
refugees for you for you guys and he he sets up the meeting so these the empire is just there to pick up so they weren't controlling the planet because i was confused at first um but again uh, and then also uh, we ultimately find out that uh, zeb is not the last of the Lassat, which is what for yeah. the last two seasons we thought he was the last he thought i mean he thought himself he was the last one so um cool that to find that out and and the other thing i i wondered too was why you know why would the empire take them and take these refugees to a detention facility and i just thought to myself is this not another one of those wookie things where they're going to use these lasat as as workers for some kind to build stuff you know i don't again i don't know that this had any point in the in the episode i don't think they meant to explain it yeah. But I just kind of wondered, like, why? Why would they take these people? Maybe it's because of their of their power. I know she had some sort of power. So a lot of a lot of confusion there in the beginning, but it kind of works its way through. What do you think, Mike? Yeah. Um. Uh, actually, in the the trivia guide, I mm-hmm. uh, on StarWars.com, they explained that this outpost is uh, maybe not the exact same outpost, but. But um, in on on the same planet as the the outpost that um, that uh, Hondo and and Ezra go to in Brothers of the Broken Horn. So, oh, gotcha. Okay, um, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. So so there is like a, a, a small connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, as for like why they they're specifically, I I think that there's a again in the in the trivia section on starwars.com there's a, a i guess deleted scene or dialogue where where uh zorn is supposed to explain that one of the reasons why uh is, is it's zorn right is that his name uh you're talking about the lasat yeah the other lasat the the i'm just trying to find his name in the anyways i think that's his name um Mm-hmm. That that he he says you know the the empire is trying to, um, to track down the remaining Lasat and destroy them so that there's no more evidence of what they did on Lasan, because mm-hmm. if if the general public learn oh it's not Zorn it's Gron, Gron um, there you go <laughs> Gron uh, I just saw that yeah the if if the general populace learned what the empire was capable of on Lasan, then then there would be a lot more planets that would join the rebellion basically mm-hmm. um because what you see a lot in in expanded universe materials and and sort of what's inferred by a lot of um the the original trilogy and this this goes back to what i was saying about about um about the empire being a bunch of white guys <laughs> right, like just a bunch of white yeah. men, um, is that the the rebellion? When we see the rebellion all come together in Return of the Jedi, we see that it's a collection of species from different planets. And for instance, like the Mon Calamari being one of the 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 best examples, um, mm. they obviously join because the Empire will eventually wipe them out as well. Right, because they've kind of been going planet to planet, you know, enslaving or wiping out um, non-human species, because the emperor had some sort of, I don't know. In, in the expanded universe, it was treated like he was, 
he he had a, a prejudice against non-humans um in in my own sort of headcanon i've always felt that it was just <laughs> that he he uh okay. that palpatine knew that in order to keep power he had to it ha- there has to be an us in them right like it, it, it you need to differentiate your regime from uh from your enemies in order to keep your war machine going right right so uh so he would basically just generate these conflicts by saying like well you know you know how all deveronians are they're they're all (laughs) evil right All, all huts are bad guys all all of this species are are you know they're they're murderers right so you you use that to to always keep people sort of like buying war bonds basically right you know what i mean um so that's how i've always felt about it but if then if if the lasat were allowed to live if any of them were allowed to continue um then peaceful other peaceful species would see like the lasat didn't do anything to deserve being obliterated from the galaxy right like being being completely wiped off the the galactic map uh so you know what's to stop the empire from coming after you know uh mon cal and uh you know uh you know uh ithorians and and all of these other species so that's Mm -hmm. why you end up seeing all these non-human species joining the rebel alliance because they're going like well it's only a matter of time before the empire turns its targets to us, right? Right. I kind of wish they had, had saved the reveal, and I know it's hard to do that with like previews and stuff, because it would have been more of a impact. Um, yeah. Had we not known, just kind of like like Zeb found out, we could have found out at the same time, and yeah, there's been episodes like that you where know, we... they they did the same thing on on Arrow this week where uh, oh uh, I know what you're talking about yeah we watched spoilers it, yeah. for anybody if they haven't <laughs> seen Arrow this week yet but Roy shows up and like yeah. it's not really spoilers because um, throughout the episode they kind of play it as a mystery and then there's a there's a dramatic reveal but that dramatic reveal was in the preview last week so like right. they kind of yeah. they kind of blew it on that right off the bat and it was like come on guys like yeah get it together (laughs) well it was the same thing with uh like the first episode of the second half was like the leia thing and i don't know i know it's hard to do that and you're trying to pump up yeah you know people watch it so like hey guess who's coming back you know it's leia but it still would have been kind of have that shocking review like oh my gosh you know zeb's not the only one so that's kind of the only thing but i know you're it's a it's a fine line between like trying to get people excited for episodes and then saving certain reveals. And yeah, you know, it's just one of those it's stuff to do. Um, go ahead, Mike, you want to keep going? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, here we go. Uh, then a familiar voice is heard and it belongs to Ezra's contact Hondo. He says he sold the Lasat to the empire knowing the rebels would save the day. Hera is less than impressed, but Ezra says that Hondo contacted him. The refugees meanwhile know Zeb, they, they bow in respect. Uh, Zeb says he thought he was the last of the Lasat. The male introduces himself as Gron, saying he served under Zeb in the Honor Guard. The elder is Chava the Wise. They have not forgotten Zeb or Lasan. 
Zeb seems troubled. Uh, Ezra, however, is determined to get these Lasat home. As the rebels leave, Imperials arrive on the scene, and Hondo, seeing an opportunity, angles for a reward to lead them to the Ghost Crew. Does this mean I am not getting my finest being? You never were. Perfect answer. I am so proud of you right now. I never had a student learn this quickly. Something wrong, my friends? Distress call from an officer. He was meeting an informant here. Really? Oh, my, my. Well, you know, I just arrived. Uh, but a group of uh, Imperial fugitives, uh, rebels, I believe, they just fled the area. Where did they go? Good question. Oh, I understand, though, that there is a reward for that kind of um, information. Ah, oh, Mike, you know what? <laughs> you can never get enough Hondo in these in, in Star Wars Rebels, right? Yeah. I mean, he's back. Uh, and, of course, he steals, like, every scene this guy is in, this character's in, he steals everything. Yeah. And he was, like, the highlight, of course. For, I mean, I'll just say this. Like, the episode for me um, was, was okay. Like, it, it's one of those things where it had good mo- some, some cool moments in it. But, like, as a whole, I wasn't necessarily, like, jazzed about the episode. But, of course, Hondo, when he comes in, he just, everything he does, and you got to pay attention to him because mm-hmm. his lines are meant for the adults. Like, the kids don't don't get it. Like, some of the stuff he says, and he's so quick, and he's he puts these lines in. Like, he'll, he'll say a whisper line after he says a, yeah. a normal line. And I wish I could have remembered the line he said. It was so funny. But, again, he says here, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm so proud of you right now. He's talking about Ezra yeah. and how he's being, like, manipulative. But, gosh, I love Hondo. Um, and he... Here's the thing, and I talked about this earlier, about what is going on here. Sounds like he sold the Lasats, um you know, the, the two yeah. to the empire, like, Hey, I got these two come get him. But then he's also like playing both sides. He's like, Hey rebels, why don't you come over here? And so it makes him feel better. Like he's getting a reward and he's getting money, but he's not necessarily, he's like teetering on the, you know, the bad and the good side, you know, he's helping out a little bit here. So, um, it, it's just, it, that's, what's so cool about this character. And so funny about him. Like you, you're supposed to not like him, but you just love yeah. him. What do you think? Mike? Yeah. Well, Hondo would be a good guy <laughs> if there were any profit in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Like the the thing that keeps him from being a, a hero is just that it's not a good way to make money. Uh, so yeah, it's it, he's everybody knows he's one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. So I uh, so I'm always happy to see him uh, return. And and as as much as the uh, the the reveal of the Lasat was not a surprise. Um, the reveal mm-hmm. of Hondo being in this episode was a surprise, and he's throughout the episode, mm-hmm. which, which I, I I thought was really great. It was a cool, um, yeah. Oh yeah. It was it was it was a, it was refreshing, or or uh, just like a cool surprise. Right? Yeah. So he has this way of of taking like the heat off himself, you know, like the when it's when they're going after him, he's able to, and he uses the rebels like, hey, you want some rebels? I know they're this way. So it takes off the heat off himself. He's able to think on his feet, like at, at a moment's notice, he can he can divert the attention off of him and yeah. to somebody else. That's what's so so cool about him. And, and then we also might find out, here's a big thing too, um, that Zeb was the captain of the honor guard. Um, he said oh, it was a long time ago and he's kind of forgot about yeah. it, but 
But, you know, I don't really think he's forgot about it. He's just trying to forget because we'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode about the, the, the issues about how he was a captain. He had a lot of responsibility and he feels like he failed. And, and um, so that's why I think he he didn't forget about it. He's just trying to push that part away. So we'll get into it more a little bit uh, in a minute here. Um, I'll continue. My, the Lasats uh, Lasat are heading to Lyrasan. A new home, one that was prophesized in ancient writings. Look, the only safe system for us was Lasan, and it was destroyed, Zeb says. There's no future destiny. Everything is gone. Chava disagrees. They carry Lasan within them and will until they reach their new home. There is not much time to debate. Hondo has led the Imperials, the Imperials to the rebels, though he does not contact, though, though he does contact Ezra with a warning. It gives them time to put up a fight and make their way to the ghost. While the rebels got away, stormtroopers contact Agent Callus with a way to find them. Han and, uh, Hondo has been captured. So uh, as far as this scene here, and this is the, the thing with Chava. She is, um, she has this way of, of speaking and I want, it's sort of like Yoda-esque. Yeah. I mean, not the, not the way she says it, but just the thing she's talking about. And the insight she had a, and that sort of thing. Yeah, the insight. Exactly. Good point. Um, she has a quote where she says, everything is happening as it was meant to be. And, and just like you said, this insight, Mike, this, um, and, and the quote reminds me of somebody who, almost like a Maz, who, who has, as far as the movie goes, she doesn't really have the force, but she's tuned into it somehow, yeah. you know? So uh, this Chava character is kind of interesting in that way, and we'll get into more of... Did you kind of get that? I, I'm assuming you got the same kind of feel with her. Yeah, yeah, and I think that they're, they're making a really uh, concerted effort across the Star Wars galaxy to point out that the Jedi are not the only Force users. Um, and right, that, and, right. And I think, I think the purpose of that is to sort of try and rewrite a bit of the history that uh, it's not just Jedi, Sith, Jedi, Sith, Jedi, Sith. Um, mm -hmm. There's an interesting thing about the expanded universe pre-Disney, uh, pre let's say. Um, mm -hmm. And that is that, you know, George controlled everything. And so at any point in time, he could just rewrite history as he did with the Mandalorians, you know, like as he did with Darth Maul. Um, just kind of coming in and changing backstories and changing what the expanded universe has had to say about certain things. So what people did when they were writing expanded universe, especially stuff that predated, uh, the, the Phantom Menace, right? The, the events of the Phantom Menace, anything before that, Knights of the Old Republic, Tales of the Jedi, all that sort of stuff. They were all, um basically like riffs on the original trilogy right mm -hmm. and then eventually you know sort of riffing on both the original trilogy and the prequels um because knights of the old republic to me is a really good uh melding of those two things um mm -hmm. th those those video games they they kind of took the best of both and put them all together um but but now with uh, without George's influence and with sort of the way that that um, that the galaxy is growing in the Force Awakens and in 
in some of the other uh, expanded universe content, it feels like they're making a real concerted effort to point out to us there's more than just Jedi and Sith. You know, mm-hmm. like we don't need to just keep retelling the same story of the, of of you know the the Jedi defeat the Sith, the Sith go and hide for a while, and then they come back and they take over again, and then you know they build an empire, and then you know a Jedi has to defeat that empire, sort of thing. Um, right. In fact, it gets a little bit it gets a little bit tiring after a while, right? <laughs> um, to keep telling the same stories over and over and over again, uh, and to keep going back to the to the Sith well. Um, so I, I think that this this is another example of them, you know, uh, bring in the Inquisitors. Uh, obviously, Maz Kanata. Uh, uh, there's there's a, a bit of stuff that sort of inferred in. Um, in in the the uh oh what what was it uh the weapon of a jedi um journey to the force awakens in those books the one that starred luke skywalker although there there was a really heavy jedi influence in that because he goes to a jedi temple um Mm -hmm. there was also sort of a few things that were sort of mentioned that imply that you know like there are other paths to the force right Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in Heir to the Jedi, there was a little bit of that as well. So um, it, it really just feels like they're trying to point out, you know, like there there's more to it. And, and I think it's to help us get accustomed to the idea that the Knights of Ren specifically are not Sith, right? That there's something right. else. Um, <clears throat> and stuff has come to light recently in, in um you know, like the visual guide and and uh, the new character encyclopedia and stuff like that. That uh, that's not even out yet, but just we've seen some pictures and that sort of thing from it. That uh, that Snoke is not necessarily a dark side user only. That hmm. that he encourages Kylo Ren to use both the dark side and the light side to his advantage, hmm. um, and that's why Kylo Ren is so conflicted. Yeah. Um, so there's interesting stuff like that that that's uh going on in the greater star wars galaxy um as we kind of expand out you know what it means to be a star wars story so uh i i think that that this character i think bringing in the concept of the ashla which is part of george lucas's original um Mm -hmm. his original sort of musings on the force um, right um and again if you go into that trivia uh, the the Ashla was the name for the light side of the force, like it had a proper name, right? Um, and right. I think Bogan was the the dark side, um, something like that. And uh, and so they they they're trying to like they're using those those original concepts and trying to bring them in to sort of flesh out the galaxy, so that the galaxy is a little bit more diverse than just Jedi and Sith and Jedi and Sith and Jedi and Sith, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's um we'll get into more of uh the Ashla here in a second yeah. uh, in this next paragraph and then uh we'll actually go ahead Mike. We'll 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 continue and then we'll talk about it here after this. Sure, where are we? What what uh on the ghost? Uh on the ghost, Chava says she does not know the location of Lyrason. Uh there is no Lyrason, Zeb says coldly. But Chava is ready to begin a ritual that reveals the system's whereabouts. Chava says that the Ashla, the spirit of the galaxy, or the Force, has brought them together for the prophecy. The promise of Lyrasan, she says, uh, as she sketches 
uh, uh, figures on the floor will follow the fate of the three, the fool, the warrior, and the child. As the ritual is about to begin, Zeb is still dismissive. Chava and Gran begin to chant. Zeb grabs his bow rifle and walks off. Ezra follows and confronts him. Zeb shares his guilt about not being able to stop the Imperial takeover of Lasan. Zeb feels he failed his people that day. What are you doing? Huh? These are your people. You act like you want nothing to do with them. Chanting ain't gonna help save anybody. Why? Uh, how do you know? As captain of the Honor Guard, I was responsible for protecting the royal family and every single assault. Their safety was my duty. You couldn't have stopped the Empire. I fought to the end. We held the palace. And then there was a bomb. And when I woke up, it was all just gone. We retreated. I was as good as dead. Nish until Kanan found me. Caraplast. I can't imagine. I lost my parents, but you must have lost everyone. But at least you're alive, and, and you've got a chance to help your people again. They called me Captain. I don't deserve to be called that. I failed my people that day. So don't fail them now. So, Mike, uh, obviously you can hear Zeb here. He's he's having, like, a hard time accepting, you know, his, like, he's just shocked that there's people, his people are still here, at least two of them at this point, you know, Chava and, um, uh, what was his, what was the other guy's name? Uh, Gron. Gron, yeah. Um, so he's having a hard time accepting this and all this, like, spiritual side of stuff that's going on. He's kind of, he's kind of dismissive of it. Uh, but... You know, he obviously, like he says here, he feels responsible. I mean, he was in charge of like, he says here, he was in charge of like his entire race. You know what I mean? He's yeah. in charge, of course, in charge of this royal family, quote unquote, but also in charge of his, like his whole race. And he has this huge amount of, of, um, just like he's, he, he can't, he can't accept that he failed. I mean, he even says, it, you know, he failed his, his people. And, uh, being somebody who's in charge of something like that, I can imagine, the um the grief and the and all that that you feel about about being in charge and everything just goes to crap so uh, i think another part of this too that was really interesting was um he says uh Can he had this he had the problems until canaan found him yeah so it has this like han chewy type of thing and i know that canaan and zeb don't have that thing together like they do but it just it reminded me of that and I just wonder, you know, will we ever see that? I mean, maybe we'll see that in some kind of a comic thing. Because me and Martin talked about last week, Mike, how um, in the Protector of Conquered Dawn, we saw the comic, Kanan comic, kind of reference the TV show. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. That Even though it wasn't like a big deal, it was just like a quick mention. I just love the fact that the two were inter intertwined there at the same time. You know, the episode came out and the comic came out on the same day. And reference each other so that was really cool i don't know if we'll get a comic of saying you know what happened to zeb and, and you know that's always out there who knows but i thought that was kind of a neat little uh thing that canaan is the one that that helped him and, and ultimately pulled him out and then you talked mike about ashla and that is the spirit of the galaxy uh which is somewhat like the force and you talked about that just a minute ago and even canaan says mike that the force has many names mm -hmm. um and at that point you hear in the background the music and i'll talk about the music more a little bit later is you hear the force theme 
So it's kind of like that. They're trying to show you that the spiritual stuff kind of has like a force infused vibe to it. So you had mentioned it too, Mike. What'd you think of uh, Zeb and finding out how, like I said, he's just pretty much, you know, devastated that he failed his people. Yeah. I, I, I thought, I thought it was a good, like, I, it, it's nice to be getting backstory on Zeb. Finally. I, he's kind of, was this like the first time really, I think. Yeah. To other, get this much. Yeah. Other than like the little bit that we got in the first season, right? Like the little mm-hmm. tiny bits here and there, but this is really the first episode. I think that, that really, really focuses on Zeb and yeah. his, his, uh, relationship with his past. Right. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was good to finally flesh out that character and maybe have him mature a little bit because mm-hmm. he has been I feel like he's just kind of been in the background this season so far. Right. Like he's had some good moments. He's definitely right. had some good jokes and stuff. Uh, I like a, a, in in uh, a princess on Lothal. He has that great moment where he gets to knock out Kanan and Ezra. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah some good moments yeah but it's really good to have his character be just a little bit more three-dimensional than uh than he has been in the past so uh you know his his actions will be a little bit more um they'll just carry a little bit more weight with them in the future when when we see you know sort of the way that he behaves and reacts to things yeah i think he said it too it was is the mature thing yeah. and he kind of has that where he has to come to, to terms with uh with everything and, and now that knowing that he, there's a couple of his species that are still around and they're trying to find this home world but the maturity thing is is probably a great uh great way to to describe it yeah um Especially at that one scene there, just coming to terms with everything. Uh, after chanting, they are ready for Chopper's map. The location will be revealed there. The child must show us the way. The child is not Ezra, however. It's Zeb, the child of Lasan. He activates his bow rifle as the ancients used it, touching it to Chava's staff. Yellow light beams to one specific orb, Lirasan. Now they know the way. But there's a problem. A space anomaly sits in their path, and at that moment, Callus arrives. Hello, my friend, says Hondo's voice over the comm. He hit a tracker on the comm he gave Ezra, and then led the Empire uh, right to them. So here's Hondo once again. He's been showing up, like you said, he shows up, he pops up everywhere in this episode, and (laughs) it's back and forth. First, he's helping the rebels. You know, he helps them uh, inside when he closed all those blast doors, and he helps them get away. But then he has to help Callus get, you know, because he's He's back and forth. It's just so funny to see him go back and forth and and uh, end up where he ends up in the end of this episode. But man, he's yeah. God, he's so good. Uh, go ahead, Mike. You want to keep going, or you got something? Sure. Here? Yeah. I uh, Callus is playing his part. Chava says the part of the warrior, but Zeb is all the parts: the child, the fool, and the warrior. Now accepting his role in the prophecy, Zeb activates his bow rifle again. Shouting, uh, sorry, shooting yellow light and electricity all over the ghost's cockpit. It spreads over the entire ship and the craft navigates further toward the anomaly. TIE fighters trail but are destroyed from the pressure. Callus opens fire but all blasts stray randomly away from the ghost. He orders a retreat believing the rebels are headed to their doom. So this was a, re- this was a really, really cool moment. And this is what I'm talking about that, you know, like there are more there are more paths to the force than just what the Jedi follow, right? Mm-hmm. The Jedi are, are one 
part of the force obviously you know we've seen the night sisters now we've seen the the knights of ren um or at least one of the knights of ren um and uh and and the inquisitors although the inquisitors are are essentially dark jedi um mm-hmm. <clears throat> but here we see that that lola sot have their own it's not just it's not just a belief in the force it is also a way to control it and here's zeb one of the most unlikely characters i think that you could imagine to have Mm -hmm. some form of control over the force because that really like it's it's weird to think of it this way because you know we're looking at the staff and it looks like the power is coming out of the staff but he's wielding the staff right and he he activates that aspect of the staff right like nobody like previously when he does the map thing which i thought was interesting because it kind of it actually kind of syncs up uh lyrically with the force awakens yes right sure yeah um with chopper projecting a map to where they need to go yes Um, i thought that that was a really cool sort of um rhyming couplet with uh with with what happens in the force awakens um and obviously that that I think that's intentional. That's absolutely intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, the droids play an important part in all these stories. Um, but, you know, in that scene, Chava sort of um, uh, initializes whatever connection to the Force that is, and then Zeb is just sort of like a focusing crystal uh, to to help them find the location. But here, Zeb takes center stage and when he accepts his role in in what's happening and in the prophecy he he can now wield this power and and uh and so he he uses that that ability to protect the ship and then the part that i really liked is when is when uh, Kanan and Ezra come up, and just like they did on um, on oh, I don't remember the name of the planet, but in the first in in the 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 episodes with Rex, the because uh, they do the they did the same thing with 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 the with the staff mm-hmm. with a different staff, but like they sort of they they used Zeb as a conduit at that at that time as well. Um, oh right, right. So they kind of, it's kind of echoes that moment, but they obviously they they put their control of the force and pull it with with this raw energy that that Zeb is controlling, and uh, and and protect the ship, and the ship is able to travel through this this basically what's kind of like a a, a black hole, right? Like they're they're it's that's kind yeah. of what yeah. what it is so i don't remember how, how they describe them but that there's a moment where like they talk about what they are and that like they're they're like mini suns or something like that it's a imploded star imploded stars yeah cluster right. imploded cl- star cluster yeah yeah so they uh the like they, obviously we see what happens to the tie fighters like the wings oh, are yeah. just pulled clear off and then the oh, tie yeah. fighters explode yeah. Um, and and the gravity, cool. yeah. the gravity wells around these star clusters, uh, they it causes the those blaster bolts to just kind of fly off in all directions, 
but um but thankfully all directions but the direction that the ghost is going because the force is at work here right yes yes um and and so i i just i don't know i thought that was really cool because because you don't really think of it um it takes a second for you to really realize that that what's happening is that is that zeb is connected to the force in that moment and although he might not be he might not be a jedi um, it's kind of how, was, how I've always felt about like Han Solo and Wedge Antilles, and it's how I feel about Poe Dameron, is that like they're not Jedi. They don't have that. They don't have that deep mm-hmm. connection to the Force that allows them to understand it. And then you know, like as as Obi Wan says uh, when Luke says uh, it, it controls your actions. And Obi Wan says yes, but it also obeys your commands, commands, right? Right. And that's that's how the Jedi interact with the Force. But I feel like there are other beings in the galaxy who have a connection to the Force, who can use the Force, um, and 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 who the Force uses, but that um, that aren't consciously doing it, right? So when like Han Solo's luck is an extension of his connection to the force. He is right. force sensitive. He might not be a Jedi. He might not be, you know, I, uh, I uh, chosen for that path, but he is definitely connected. He does definitely, um, tap into the force when he's piloting the Falcon, you know, and like, how else can you explain making the Kessel run in 12 parsecs? Right. Or is, it four, like, is it 14? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, like that, that, that ability to pilot to that degree, that intuition, that that um, that luck is definitely a connection to that. And then what we see Poe Dameron do in The Force Awakens, there's no other explanation <laughs> to me. Like, there's no other explanation. Yeah, he's a great pilot, but, I mean, like, he's able to... His his X-Wing is an extension of himself. Right. Right? Yeah. And, and his ability to target those stormtroopers with X-Wing blasters is unparalleled in the star wars galaxy and to me that says you know um he is connected he's connected to the force and 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 the fact that he ends up you know tangled up in the whole mess means that the force has some plan for his destiny he's not just a regular citizen of the galaxy right Mm, yeah um and and like say you know like wedge is another character that you know his, his ability also to me says you know like there's something going on there deeper than than just you know he's the best pilot you know yeah um, yeah for sure i that they're like these characters have destinies and they have roles to play and and the force calls to them in its own way right and so mm-hmm. zeb zeb shows that in this moment and uh and and it you know like it 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 changes his character forever like the way that i look at his character now like at any point in time that destiny his his bow rifle could come into play somewhere down the road mm-hmm. and and i hope that i hope that that dave filoni and the other uh writers for star wars rebels that they that they realize what they've done with that character and that they've changed that they've altered the like the star Wars DNA of what that character is capable of and what kind of a story that they can tell with him. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't think that they're done with, with 
with his story. I don't think that they're done. Yet. No, this is like a nice introduction. I, I think, yeah. yeah, for sure. Mike, you talked you talk about that star cluster. That's uh, Sabine was saying that she said, um, they come upon a space anomaly, anomaly and it's an imploded star cluster, the result of uncharted space. And this thing had, this was when it really got like, this is one of those cool moments, like a Star Wars moment and a, a moment yeah. in the episode that kind of, I just loved. And it was this, I think what made it so good too was, was the music. Holy mackerel. This is a, like one of the times where the music actually stood out to me. Like, yeah, it was, it was there like, Oh, I got to It made you pay attention. And the music had this, it was like some violins going and it, it just gave the scene the, this, this tension, I guess. Or you're like, wow, what is going on? And I think that yeah. was a highlight right there. And yeah. it wasn't Star Wars music. It was its own thing. It just, it fits so perfectly with this. And, yeah. and like you said, with with Zeb, it was Kanan and Ezra. I believe at this point they were kind of like they had their hands on him, like they were all just kind of focused together. And if I remember right in this episode, I think they had their hands on him. So that was really really neat to see that. And, and again, the music it was something that it, it jumped out at me like wow. I, I took really took attention to that. Uh, I'll finish yeah, it off, Mike. Uh, the ghost uh, continues on. The hyperdrive activates on its own, taking them through one of the nebula's openings. The light is blinding. Arriving on the other side, everyone is unconscious. Zeb uh, is the last to wake, but seems at peace. Zeb takes Gron and Ch uh, Chava to Lirasan, then returns to the ghost. They are already down there. Lirasan is where Zeb's people originally came from. Now that the ghost has been here and charted the system, they can always come back. Zeb's been down there a while. Are you sure he's coming back? Pretty sure. You were right. Well, I'm sorry, Chopper. You're gonna have to put all of Zeb's stuff back in his room. Kinda sad. Those two Lasat all alone on that planet? They're not alone. What are you talking about? There are already Lassad down there. Lirasan is where my people originally came from. Yes, Chopper, that means there's a lot more of him. Yes, we can go home now. Yeah, how do we get home? Consider the system charted, which means now that the ghost has been here, we can always come back. And if we meet any other Lassad, I will show them the way. Tell you what, Mike. This um, this particular moment, and when they went through that nebula, it had sort of a, obviously a mortis vibe to it because they all kind of passed out yeah. going through it. Um, so I, I kind of took that from that episode too. But if I, but I guess sort of a, a neat little surprise here was to find out that um, they're not just two. There's a whole planet of Asat, and it's on Lirasan now, and it's kind of like almost like a hidden a hidden planet now. So. Uh, Zeb, uh, we find out, is not the only one. He's got a planet full of people now. So that was kind of a shock to me. What did you think? Yeah, it, it, it was it was cool to, to discover that uh, that there's this whole other world for them. It, I was kind of like, uh, there's only three of them. How are they going to... Yeah. How could they, you know, continue the legacy of Lasan? But, um, 
but here we find out that that uh that this that Lyrison is where their people originally came from so um are we ever gonna find out why though yeah i maybe maybe Maybe, i don't know right yeah yeah um but yeah i i it was really cool it it was it was a it it would have been nice to see lyris on but i understand why we didn't because that would (laughs) have been extra time and money and assets yeah um sure but uh and you know making a whole bunch more uh uh but um but it's cool to know that it's there and that's kind of that's that's sort of what what harris says is like you know you know, it's it's there. We can yeah. always come back to it. Um, right. There will be more stories to tell that involve that involve the Lasat. So. And it seems like it's a it's a safe um, haven for them, and the Empire yeah. obviously can't get there, so uh, that species should be fine and and flourish now. That uh, kind of kind of hidden there in that little mortis esque type of uh, way. So, yeah, this is again, Mike. Like I said earlier, you know, um, didn't like blow me away. This is then. This is the the issue that I've. I've been having with with some of these episodes like when you get like I said earlier in the season when you get 20 episodes or wherever it's going to be yeah um you're just going to have this and you have to kind of enjoy them for what they are again that's not something that blew me away um it was kind of neat to hear about Zeb and where he came from that there is more and like I said it had some some very cool moments you know Hondo and, and especially that space alignment scene with the music it's had some cool moments but yeah uh, other than that, you know, it was like it was it was okay. It didn't like pull me away. But um, you know, like I said, we're gonna get these kind of episodes and that's just the way it is. So unless you go back to thirteen and just every single episode is is you know, it's got Vader and Maul and all this stuff. I'm I'm yeah. you know what it's looking like? It's looking like all that stuff we got in the trailer, the second half trailer, is gonna come in like the last few episodes. So these last this end of the season is gonna be just unbelievable it sounds like with all yeah. this stuff going on because I mean, we haven't seen really anything as far as that trailer yet you know we i know we got stuff coming up with with uh, um cham is coming up and then this this uh zeb and Cal story so man these these last few episodes are going to be some kick-ass stuff so yeah up for that um <clears throat> next week mike on star wars rebels next week it's called the call the crew works to protect space creatures from the Techno Union Asteroid Mining oper- Operation. So uh, let's take a listen to, to what's coming up. Noise? <sighs> the only thing I hear is my brain freezing. There! No, the noise, I hear it again. It's, it's getting louder. I don't see anything out here. What's it sound like, Ezra? It, it's hard to describe. Kind of sad, I guess, but I mean, how can you not hear it? It's coming from all around us. Ezra, there's nothing to hear. Sabine, check the scanners again. Uh, don't have to. Look. Oh, my. Guess who's coming? It's Space Whales to Star yeah. Wars Rebels. Space <laughs> Whales are coming back. And, you know, obviously it's not the first time we've seen uh, a Space Whale because in Episode 2 on uh, Camino we had the... Um, what they call the air walls? Something the like Iowa, that. yeah. Iowa, yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So, but more space whales. I mean, these are actually look like like sperm whales or something like that. So, yeah. um, it's kind of I. We saw these in the trailer, and uh, I have no idea what's going on with these. So that'll be a little bit of a surprise on, on exactly what they're doing. But the Techno Union is coming back too. 
Yeah. Wow. I thought that was really interesting. Is it <laughs> the like, techno like, union. Yeah, we're going to bring in the techno union and their bad yeah. guys. Yeah. 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 That kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we'll um, see the guy from episode two. I don't. Did he have a name? The techno union guy in episode two. I don't know if he did or not. But the one uh, I was at the well, table with. Ev- everybody in the prequels has a name. So yeah, I'm I just sure. can't remember. Yeah, I'm uh, sure he does. Yeah, but I don't remember what it is. I that's funny though. Yeah, we'll see that. Some space whales and techno union next episode, Mike. So yeah, for sure. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, anything else going on before we sign off? No, no. I think that's it. Uh, All right. Yeah. I thank you guys. For listening, uh, as always, you can keep up to date with all the latest Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com, where Tim does an awesome job keeping you guys up to date. Um, and, uh, and of course, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. Of course, you can also email us uh, at rebelspodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you thought about uh about really any anything i mean like anything rebels related we love to hear from you guys we love to get feedback um of course we are also part of the thunder quack podcast network and you can check out all the other great podcasts in the network by going to thunderquack.com um and uh and and support us on patreon by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack and uh by supporting us there by chipping in a couple of bucks you can get some cool, uh, some cool uh, uh, perks, some cool rewards. So uh, do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack. Um, everybody who supports us at the $1 level or more gets entered into our quarterly giveaway. And uh, our next giveaway will be in March, uh, where we'll be doing a, uh, a, a Batman v Superman themed uh, giveaway prize box. So nice. uh, more details on that as we get a little bit closer to yeah, it's getting close, uh, getting close. Yeah, but yeah, I mean it's it's actually not that far away. So yeah, um, yeah, February March basically it's the end of next month. So and yeah. February is a short month. So, um, but yeah, I, that does it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next week for the call. See you guys next week.